BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Hello, welcome. This is Let's Talk About Myths, baby. And I'm your host, Liv, here with the very special, very silly, very gross reading episode that I promised in the little Valentine's Day teaser last week. Uh, A special reading episode for this, the deeply cliched week of love. Ovid's work, The Ars Amatoria, The Art of Love, is best described as, well, actually there's probably no best description. I've heard it all from people with varying opinions on this work over the years. It's a lovely example of looking for love. Or it's a book of pickup lines from the Roman Empire. Or it's a straight-up pickup artist handbook from the 1st century CE, in the same vein as some of the worst of humanity in this, the 21st century CE, 2,000 years later. 
Whatever it is, the content is universal for good or very bad. It is truly a book telling men how to get women. Except it's Ovid, and it's from the first century CE. So it's also kind of hilarious, provided you're reading it to be entertained and not taking it literally. But in order to fully express to you how varying the opinions are or what you are about to get today, I asked Twitter, where some incredibly brilliant scholars follow me, for one-sentence descriptions of this wild and weird work of Ovid's. Past guest and AC Odyssey extraordinaire, Kira Jones started it off with Bros Amatoria. The brilliant Cynthia Dubois notes that it's the OG pickup artist's guide to negging and blurred lines without consequences. Ugh. Still more pithy quotes about this contentious work. The wonderful friends of the podcast, The Partial Historians, described it with the note, Confidence is key. And as last week made very clear, Jeremy Swist, our resident classical reception and metal music expert, added a commentary for each of the three books. Gaslight, Gatekeep, Girlboss. Other editions include Pickup Artistry is So Last Millennium, and Meet, Pray, Love, or a Schitt's Creek gif of Alexis saying everyone is fair game, okay? <laughs> there was even a response in Latin, Opus Predilectum Augusto, Augustus's favorite work. And more of the silly. Learn to be a predator in three easy installments. The art of beer goggles and night banquets. And ancient incels. Even a suggested subreddit. r slash nice guys, but in Rome. Our friend, the classical studies memes for Hellenistic teens, replied, Horny boy stories for horny boys. Honestly, this tweet I put out just asking for these responses brought me such joy, so I've linked to it in today's episode's description, so everyone gets their full credit and you can read all of the brilliant responses. In more academic reactions, the Ship of Theses slash Post Classics Twitter account adds that it actually isn't a guide to picking up women, or kind of is, but it's more so a commentary on elegy, almost breaking the fourth wall. They add that it's it's kind of like when sitcoms do the thing where they're actually talking about making a sitcom, adding that, that this doesn't excuse the misogyny, but it does kind of recontextualize it. This also links with the Latin submission, Augustus's favorite work, being pretty obviously tongue-in-cheek in this reaction. Augustus famously imposed a lot of morality laws, and certainly a running theory when it comes to this work is that, like similar theories of the metamorphosis, is that these were acts of rebellion by Ovid against these laws of Augustus. And I mean, he did end up getting exiled. So... And after hearing these impressions, I absolutely want to go revisit this more in a conversation episode with someone because it really sounds like there's so much to say here. So many theories of Ovid and, and what exactly he was doing in this work. And of course, as a lover of Ovid, I want to hear those because I don't want to think that this was how he actually felt. But I won't be going that deep today. I just want to read selections from it because it is chef's kiss level entertaining. It was the wonderful and infinitely helpful Michaela who's working with me now, the Hermes to my Olympians, who first came up with this idea, having read it in one of her classes. I've never 
dove into this work because as you all know, I love Ovid and I basically heard that this was his pickup artist work. So maybe I just should avoid it. And I mean, it's not that it's not that, but it's also just darkly offensive, fun in an ironic, dark way, weird and subversive at times, maybe. Ugh. I asked Michaela to pull out some of her favorite bits, the most entertaining and bizarre, the misogynist messes. I wanted it all. The work itself is so long and not something you want me reading to you in its entirety, so we're looking at the best, the weirdest, the grossest, and everything in between. I will be reading those selections to you, introducing them with Michaela's recommendations to me, why she picked this selection for the podcast, because thank you, Michaela. Your commentary was perfect. So happy fucking Valentine's week, nerds! These are selections from Ovid's Ars Amatoria, translated by Henry T. Riley. Our first selection from Book One, Gaslight. A brief description on choosing a girl and comparing it to hunting. Fun! While you may and while you are able to proceed with flowing reins, choose one to whom you may say, You alone are pleasing to me. She will not come to you gliding through the yielding air. The fair one that suits must be sought with your eyes. The hunter knows full well where to extend the toils for the deer. Full well he knows in what vale dwells the boar gnashing with his teeth. The shrubberies are known to the fowlers. He who holds out the hooks knows what waters are swam in by many a fish. You too who seek a subject for enduring love, first learn in what spot the fair are to be met with. In your search I will not bid you give your sails to the wind, nor is a long path to be trodden by you, that you may find her. Our next selection, How to Flirt at Sporting Events. And let not the contest of the noble steeds escape you. The roomy circus of the people has many advantages. There is no need there of fingers with which to talk over your secrets, nor must a hint be taken by you through nods. Be seated next to your mistress, there being no one to prevent it. Press your side to her side as close as ever you can, and conveniently enough because the partition compels you to sit close, even if she be unwilling, and because, by the custom of the place, the fair one must be touched by you. Here let occasion be sought by you for some friendly chat, and let the usual suspects lead to the first words. Take care and inquire with an air of anxiety whose horses those are, coming and without delay, whoever it is to whom she wishes well, to him do you also wish well. But when the thronged procession shall walk with the holy statues of ivory, do you applaud your mistress Venus with zealous hand? And as often happens, if perchance a, a little dust should fall on the bosom of the fair, it must be brushed off with your fingers. And if there should be no dust, still... Brush off that nun. Let any excuse be a prelude to your attentions. 
If her mantle, hanging too low, shall be trailing on the earth, gather it up and carefully raise it from the dirty ground. At once, as the reward of your attention, the fair permitting it, her ankles will chance to be seen by your eyes. <sighs> Look, too, behind. Who shall be sitting behind you, that he may not press her tender back with his knee against it? Trifles attract trifling minds. It is proven to the advantage of many a one to make a cushion with his ready hand. It has been of use, too, to waft a breeze with the graceful fan, and to place the hollow footstool beneath her delicate feet. Both the circus and the sand spread for its sad duties in the bustling forum will afford these overtures to a dawning passion. On that sand often has the son of Venus fought, and he who has come to be a spectator of wounds himself receives a wound. While he is talking and is touching her hand and is asking for the racing list, and having deposited the stake, is inquiring which has conquered, wounded, he sighs, and feels the flying dart, and himself becomes a portion of the spectacle so viewed. And our final selection from book one, grooming suggestions for men with just a dash of homophobia right at the end. But let it not please you to curl your hair with the irons, and rub not your legs with the rough pumice. Bid those do this, in whose Phrygian notes the Cabelian mother is celebrated by their yells. A neglect of beauty becomes men. Theseus bore off the daughter of Minos, though his temples were bedecked by no crisping pin. Phaedra loved Hippolytus, and he was not finely trimmed. Adonis, habituated to the woods, was the care of a goddess. But let neatness please you, let your body be bronzed on the plain of Mars, let your robe be well-fitting and without a spot. Let your tongue, too, not be clammy, your teeth free from yellowness, and let not your foot wallop about, losing itself in the shoe down at a heel. Let not the cutting, shockingly disfigure of your hair bolt upright, let your locks, let your beard be trimmed by a skillful hand. Let your nails, too, not be jagged, and let them be without dirt. And let no hairs project from the cavities of your nostrils. And let not the breath of your ill-smelling mouth be offensive. And let not the husband and the father of the flock offend the nostrils. The rest allow the luxurious fare to do. And any man that perchance disgracefully seeks to attract another. Ah, Ovid, what on earth is this? Is it commentary on these types of people, or is it actually meant to be some sort of guide? You all know I want to love Ovid and see him as a sympathetic figure for the struggles of women of his time. We're going with this being commentary. God, I hope it's commentary. Satire, even? That said, selections of book two, Gatekeep, begin with a how-to-act type situation where you compliment a girl a lot and make everything seem like her idea. Ugh. And yet there are the learned fair, a very limited number. 
Another set are not learned, but they wish to be so. Both kinds may be praised in verse. The reader may set off the lines of whatever quality by a melodious voice. Indeed, a poem carefully composed in their honor will be to these or to those as good, perhaps, as a little present. But take care that whatever you are about to do of your own accord and consider convenient, your mistress shall always first ask that of you. Has freedom been promised to any one of your slaves? Still cause him to make a request for it of your mistress. If you forgive punishment and cruel fetters to your slave, let her be indebted to you for what you are about to do. Let the advantage be your own. Let the credit be given to your mistress. Suffer no loss yourself and let her act the part of the person in power. But whosoever you are who have a care to retain the fair, cause her to believe that you are enchanted with her beauty. If she is in Tyrian costume, praise the dress of Tyrian hue. If she is in that of Cos, consider the Cohen habit as becoming. If she arrayed in gold, let her be more precious in your eyes than gold itself. If she wears a dress of felt, praise the felt dress that she wears. Does she stand before you in her tunic? Exclaim, you are setting me on fire! but entreat her, with a voice of anxiety, to beware of the cold. Is the parting of her hair nicely arranged? Praise the parting of it. Has she curled her hair by aid of the fire, curled locks? Do you prove the attraction? As she dances, admire her arms, her voice as she sings, and use the words of one complaining because she has left off. Her very embraces, you may command, on the points that please yourself. And with murmuring assents, you may signify your delight. Though she be more fierce than the grim Medusa, to her lover she will become gentle and kind. Lovely. So over the top that it's satire? Breaking the fourth wall? I hope so. Next, a wonderful selection where Ovid encourages a man to be always around and then leave, but not in all circumstances. And then also uh, approves of cheating and how to get away with it. But when you have gained the open sea, you may not use the breeze to which you set your sails from off the shore. While love is wandering in his youth, let him gain strength by habit. If you nurse him well, in time he will be strong. Him that you fear as a bull, as a calf, you were wont to pat. The tree under which you are now reclining was once a twig. A river at its rise is small, but it acquires strength in its course, and where it runs it now receives many a stream. Make her become used to you. There is nothing more powerful than habit. While you are courting her, avoid no amounts of trouble. Let her be always seeing you. Let her be always lending ear to you. Let both night and day show your countenance. When you have a greater confidence that you may be missed, then destined to be her care when absent, go away to a distance. Give yourself some repose. The land that has lain fallow gives back in abundance what has been entrusted to it, and the dry ground sucks up the water of the heavens. 
Demophuon, when present, inflamed Phyllis in a less degree. When he had set sail, more violently did she burn. The crafty Ulysses, by his absence, tortured Penelope. Far away, tearful Laodamia, was the hero Phylaki. But a short respite alone is safe. In time, cares become modified, and the absent love decays, and a new one makes its entrance. While Menelaus was absent, Helen, that she might not lie alone, was received at night into the warm bosom of his guest. What meant, Menelaus, this stupidity of yours? You did go away alone, under the same roof were both the stranger and your wife. And do you entrust, madman, the timid doves to the hawk? Do, do you entrust the well-filled sheepfold to the mountain wolf? Helen commits no sin, this paramour of hers does no wrong. He does what you, what anyone, would do. You do persuade them to adultery by giving both time and opportunity. What advice but your own has the fair made use of? What is she to do? Her husband is away and a guest. No repulsive person is present, and she is afraid to sleep alone in an empty couch. Let the son of Atreus think better of it. I acquit Helen of criminality. She made use of the opportunity given by an easy husband. But neither is the tawny boar so fierce in the midst of his rage, when he hurts the furious dogs with the lightning shock of his tusks, nor the lioness, when she is giving the beast to her suckling whelps, nor the little viper, when inhired by the heedless foot, as the woman who is furious on detecting the rival of her nuptial couch, and bears on her features the proofs of her feelings. To the sword and to the flames does she resort, and, shame laid aside, onward she is impelled, as though struck by the horns of the Aeonian god. The barbarian fair, one of Phasis, avenged the fault of her husband and the violated rights of a wife by the death of her sons. See how another cruel parent, tis the swallow that you behold, has her breast stained with blood. Tis this breaks those attachments that are family united, this those of long duration, these faults must be guarded against by cautious man. But still my judgment does not condemn you to be one fair alone. The gods forbid hardly can the married man adhere to this. Disport yourself, but let your faultiness be concealed by a decent stealthiness. No glory must be sought in one's own delinquency, and do you give no present of which the other may know. Nor be there any stated times for your intriguing, and, lest the fair one should catch you in the retreat so well known to her, all must not be met in the same place of rendezvous. And, as often as you shall be writing, do you first examine the whole of the tablet. Many a woman reads more than what has been sent to her. A slighted passion brandishes the arms of retribution and hurls back the weapon and causes yourself to complain of that which is complained so lately. 
So long as the son of Atreus was content with one woman, she too was chaste. Through the fault of her husband did she become culpable. She had heard how that Chryses, bearing in his hand the laurel and the fillets, had not prevailed in behalf of his daughter. She had heard, too, ravished one of Limnesis, of thy sorrows, and how the warfare had been protracted through disgraceful delays. Still, these things she had only heard of, the daughter of Priam, herself she had seen. You, the conqueror, were the disgraced captive of your own captive. Then did she receive the son of Thyestes both into her chamber and her affections, and the daughter of Tyndarius avenged herself on a husband so deeply criminal. Your actions, which you have studiously concealed, if perchance any of them are discovered, although they should be notorious, still do you always deny them. On such occasions do you neither be subdued nor more kind than usual. That bears the marks of a mind that has too deeply offended. Still, spare not any endearments on your side. Peace is entirely centered in caresses alone. By these must the former intrigue be disavowed. What do you mean by this, Ovid? Are you, are you playing with us? Are you making a point about the misogyny? I mean, he does say that Helen is totally in the right when it comes to Paris. And basically the same for Clytemnestra there with all the talk of all the women Agamemnon was with after he left her and what she did because of it. It's really interesting. It's, this work is amazing. And to cap it off, next is how to pretend that your partner isn't cheating when she is. Man. Gender dynamics have always been gross. With greater reason, then, you youths, forbear to detect your mistresses. Let them be guilty, and guilty, let them suppose that they have deceived you. When detected, the passion increases. When the fortune of the two is the same, each persists in the cause of the disgrace. There is a story told, very well known in all the heavens, how Mars and Venus were caught by the contrivance of Vulcan. Father Mars, distracted by a frantic passion for Venus from a terrible warrior, became a lover. Neither did Venus, for indeed no goddess is there more kind, proved coy or stubborn to Gradivus. Oh, how many a time is she said in her wantonness to have laughed at the feet of her husband and at his hands hardened with the fire of his handicraft. In the presence of Mars, mocking him, she imitated her husband, and she was beauteous even while so doing, and many a grace was there combined with her charms. But they were in the habit of skillfully concealing their early intercourse, and their frailty was replete with modest propriety. Through the information of the son, who is there that can deceive the son, <laughs> the actions of his wife became known to Vulcan. You son, what a bad example you are setting. Ask a bribe of her, and should you hold your tongue, she has a favor which she may grant to you. Around and above the bed, Vulcan disposed of the hidden toils. The work, by its fineness, escaped their eyes. He pretends a, a journey to Lemnos. The lovers come, according to the appointment, entangled in the toils. They both lie naked. 
He calls the gods together. The captives afford a spectacle. People believe that Venus could hardly restrain her tears. They cannot conceal their faces. They cannot, in fact, veil their modesty with their hands. Upon this, one says, laughing, Transfer to me your chains, most valiant Vulcan, if they are a burden to you. With difficulty, Neptune, at your entreaty, does he release the captured bodies. Mars makes for Thrace and she for Paphos. This, Vulcan, was done by thee. What before they used to conceal, they do now more openly, since all modesty is gone. Yet often, foolish one, do you confess that you did act unwisely, and they say that you have repented of your wrath. This I have already forbidden. Lo, Dion forbids you to suffer that detection which she herself endured. And you arrange no toils for your rival, and intercept no words written by hand in secret. Let the men seek for those, if indeed they think they ought to be sought for, whom the fire and water render lawful husbands. I suppose if this is anything, it's a look at how men did treat women, their wives, in the Roman world. When caught cheating? I don't know, we just relate them to Aphrodite and Ares? Whether Ovid thinks it's right or wrong, though, remains to be seen. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms... And producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. What up, everyone? It's Lunchbox from the Bobby Bone Show, and I'm here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car, like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get you anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. 
Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. And to finish off book two with a real bang, next up, don't point out your partner's faults. <laughs> and Michaela adds, it amazes me that men need to be told to just not do this. Even then. Even then, indeed. Go now, odious keeper, and shut the doors of the fair, and add to the solid doorposts a hundred bars. What safety is there while the defiler of character exists, and desires to be thought that he is that which it has not proved his lot to be? Even my real amours, I confess, but with reserve, and my secret intrigues are concealed with sure fidelity. Especially forbear to censure the blemishes of the fair. <laughs> to many it has proved of advantage to conceal them. Her complexion was not made an objection against Andromache by him, on whose two feet were the waving wings. To all others, Andromache seemed of larger stature than was becoming. Hector was the only one who called her of moderate size. What you endure with impatience, accustom yourself to, and you will endure it with patience. Length of time makes many things endurable, but a rising passion catches sight of everything. While the young branch is uniting within the green bark, whatever breeze shakes it while now tender, it falls. Soon, hardened in time, the same tree will stoutly resist the winds and bear the adopted fruit. Time itself removes all blemishes from the person, and what was a fault in lapse of time ceases to be. The nostrils that are unaccustomed to are not able to endure the hides of bulls. The odor is not perceived by those that have been rendered used to it in length of time. We may palliate faults by names. Let her be called Swarthy, whose blood is blacker than the pitch of Illyria. If she is a cast in her eyes, she is like Venus. If yellow-haired, like Minerva. She that is only half alive through her leanness, let her be graceful. Whatever woman is small, say that she is active. Her that is gross, call plump, and let each fault lie concealed in its proximity to some good quality. And don't you inquire what year she is now passing, nor under what consulship she was born, a privilege which the rigid censor possesses. And this especially, if she has passed the bloom of youth, and her best years are fled, and she now pulls out the whitening hairs, this age, oh youths, or even one more advanced, has its advantages. This soil will produce its crops, this is worth the sowing. While strength and years permit, endure labor, soon will bending old age come with silent foot, either cleave the ocean with the oars, or the earth with the plow, or turn your warlike hands to cruel arms, or devote your strength and your attention to the fair. This, too, is a kind of warfare. This, too, seeks its advantages. 
Besides, in these, there is a greater acquaintance with their subject, and there is long practice, which alone renders skillful. By attention to dress, they repair the ravages of years, and by carefulness, they cause themselves not to appear aged. Woof! Ovid! Whew! Whew! Switching gears, we move on to book three, Girl Boss. Ovid's mixing it up here for the better? I don't know. For the equally weird and troubling, but slightly more directed at women practicing the so-called art of love versus the men? Yes? Kind of? Let's dive in. But do not you as well load your ears with precious stones, which the tawny Indian seeks in the green waves, and do not go forth heavily loaded with clothes embroidered with gold by the wealth through which you seek to attract us. You often drive us away. By neatness we are captivated. Let not your hair be without arrangement. The hands applied to it both give beauty and deny it. The method, too, of adorning is not a single one. Let each choose the one that is becoming of her, and let her first consult her mirror. An oval face becomes a, a parting upon the unadorned head. Laudamia had her hair thus arranged. Round features require a little knot to be left for them on the top of the head, so that the ears may be exposed. Let the hair of another be thrown over either shoulder. In such guise are you, tuneful Phoebus, thy lyre being assumed. Let another leave her hair tied behind after the manner of the well-girt Diana, as she is wont when she hunts the scared wild beasts. It becomes another to have her floating locks to flow loosely. Another must be bound by fillets over her fastened tresses. Another it delights to be adorned with the figure of the tortoise of the Kylenian god. Let another keep up her curls that resemble the waves. But neither will you count the acorns on the branching native oak, nor how many bees there are in Hybla, nor how many wild beasts on the Alps, nor am I able to comprehend in number so many modes. Each successive day brings a new fashion. Even neglected locks are becoming to many. Often would you suppose that they are lying neglected since yesterday, the very moment before they have been combed afresh. Let art imitate chance. T'was thus that in the captured city when Hercules beheld Iole, her, said he, do I love. In such guise, deserted fair one of Gnossus, did Bacchus bear thee away in his chariot, while the satyrs shouted, Ivoe! Oh, how indulgent is nature to your beauty, whose blemishes can be attuned for in fashion so numerous! We men, to our misfortune, become bald, and our hair, carried away by time, falls off, like Boreas shaking down the leaves. The female stains her gray hair with the herbs from Germany, and by art a color is sought superior to the genuine one. 
the female walks along, thickly covered with purchased hair, and for money she makes that of others. Here comes those of fair complexion. Black becomes the laughter of Briseis, nor is she ashamed to buy it openly. We see it being sold before the eyes of Hercules and the virgin throng. But let not your lover discover the boxes exposed upon the table. Art, by its concealment only, gives aid to beauty. Whom would not the paint disgust, besmeared all over your face, when, through its own weight, it flows and falls upon your heated bosom? Why is the smell of Ipsum so powerful sent from Athens, though it be extract drawn from the filthy fleece of the sheep? Nor would I recommend you in this presence apply the mixture of the marrow of the deer, nor before him to clean your teeth. These things will give you good looks, but they will be unbecoming to be seen. There are many things, too, which, disgusting while being done add charms when done. The statues which now bear the name of Laborious Miron were once a sluggish weight and a solid mass. That the ring may be made, the gold is first beaten. The clothes that you are wearing were once dirty wool. While it was being wrought, it was hard stone, now a beautiful statue. Naked Venus is wringing the moisture from her dripping locks. You, too, while you are dressing, let us suppose to be asleep. After the finishing hand, you will seem much more apropos. Why is the cause of the fairness of your complexion known to me? Shut the door of your chamber. Why expose the work half done? It is proper for the man to be in ignorance of many a thing. The greatest part of things would cause disgust, if you were not to conceal what is within. Examine the gilded statues which hang in the decorated theater. How thin the tinsel that covers the wood! But it is not permitted the public to approach them unless completed. Neither ought your charms to be heightened unless the men are at a distance. But I would not forbid you to allow your hair to be combed in their presence, so that it may be flowing along your back. Only take care, especially on such occasions, not to be cross, and do not many times undo your hair, pulled down when fastened up. Let your coiffeuse be with whole skin. I detest her who tears the face of her attendant with her nails, and who, seizing the hairpin, pierces her arms. As she touches the head of her mistress, she curses it, and at the same time, streaming with blood, she is crying over the odious locks. The fair one that has but little hair, let her set a watch on her threshold, or let her always make her toilet in the temple of the good goddess. I was unexpectedly announced as having paid a visit to a certain lady. In her confusion, she put on her locks the wrong side before. <sighs> may a cause of shame so disgraceful fall to the lot of my foes, and may that dishonor happen to the Parthian dames. A mutilated animal is repulsive, the fields without grass are repulsive, and so is a shrub without foliage, and a head without hair. You have not come to be instructed by me, Semele or Leda, you too, Sidonian fair, who is born across the sea upon the fictitious bull, or Helen, whom Menelaus, not without reason, you did demand to be restored to you, and whom, not without reason, the Trojan ravisher did retain— 
A multitude comes to be instructed, both pretty and ugly damsels, and the unsightly are ever more in number than the good-looking. The beauteous care less for the resources and the precepts of art. They have their own endowments, charms that are powerful without art. When the sea is calm, the sailor rests free from care. When it becomes boisterous, he appeals to his own resources. Few, however, are the forms free from defect. Conceal your blemishes, and so far as you can, hide the imperfections of your person. If you are short, sit down, that while standing you may not appear to be sitting, and if of a diminutive size, throw yourself upon your couch. Here, too, that your measure may not be able to be taken as you lie. Take care that your feet are concealed with the clothes thrown over them. She who is too thin, let her wear clothes of thick texture, and let her vestments hang loosely from her shoulders. Let her who is pale tint her complexion with purple stripes. Do you that have more swarthy have recourse to the aid of the fairy and fish? Let an ill-shaped foot be always concealed in a boot of snow-white leather steeped in alum, and do not unloose their laced sandals from the spindly legs. For high shoulders, small pads are suitable, and let the girth encircle the bosom that is too prominent. She whose fingers are dumpy and whose nails are rough should mark with but little gesture whatever is said. She whose breath is strong-smelling should never talk with an empty stomach, and she should always stand at a distance from her lover's face. If your teeth are black or large or not growing straight, you will suffer very great inconvenience from laughing. Who could have supposed it? The fair take lessons even in laughing, and even in that respect in gracefulness studied by them. Let your mouth be but moderately open, let the dimples on either side be but small, and let the extremity of the lips cover the upper part of the teeth. And do not let your sides be shaking with prolonged laughter, but let them utter sounds gentle and feminine to I know not what degree. Some there are who distort their face with an unsightly grin. Another, when she is joyous in her laughter, you would take to be crying. Another makes a harsh noise and screams in a disagreeable manner, just as the unsightly she asprays by the rough millstone. Wow, 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 ladies, are you paying attention? Are you Ovid is telling you how to get a man. And for good measure, for our last selection from book three, Ovid gives us a little more for the ladies. As Michaela says, don't trust pretty men like Theseus. But avoid those men who make dress and good looks their study, and who arrange their locks each in its own position. What they say to you they have repeated to a thousand damsels. Their love is roving and remains firm in no one spot. What is the woman to do when the man himself is still more effeminate and himself, perchance, may still have more male admirers? You will hardly believe me, but still do believe me. Troy would be still remaining if it had followed the advice of its own Priam, 
There are some men who range about under a fictitious appearance of love, and by means of such introductions, seek disgraceful lucre. And do not let the locks deceive you, shining much with the liquid nard, nor yet the narrow belt pressed upon the folds of their dress, nor let the robe of finest texture beguile you, nor yet if there shall be many and many a ring on their fingers. Perhaps the best dressed of the number of these may be some thief, and may be attracted by a desire for your clothes. Give me back my property, full oft do the plundered fair ones say. Give me back my property, the whole forum resounding with their cries. You, Venus, unmoved, and you, you goddesses, hear the Appian way from your temples blazing with plenteous gold. Behold these disputes. There are even certain names notorious by a reputation that admits of no doubt. Those females who have been deceived by many share the criminality of their favorites. Learn then from the complaints of others to have apprehensions for yourselves, and do not let your door be open to the knavish man. Refrain, Cecropian fair, from believing Theseus when he swears, the gods whom will make him his witness he has made so before. And no trust is there left for you, Demophuan, heir to the criminality of Theseus, since Phyllis has been deceived. If there are lavish of their promises, in just as many words do you promise them. If they give, do you give the promised favors? That woman could extinguish the watchful flames of Vesta, and could bear off the sacred things, daughter of Inachus, from your temples, and could administer to her husband the aconite, mixed with the pounded hemlock, if, on receiving a present, she could deny a favor." Oh, nerds. Whew, wow. So much happening here. At least he thinks Theseus is a criminal. Ugh. Ovid, Ovid, Ovid. What an absolute mess of entertaining horror. The misogynist guide to misogyny, one might call it. But again, maybe it's commentary. Maybe he's making a point about all these laws by Augustus. I can't wait to have someone on to talk about this. There's just so much to say, to look at, but... We don't have time today. That is for another day. A conversation with somebody who actually knows what they're talking about. I still love Ovid, and you can too. This is a bit of a blip for him. Or maybe it's not. Maybe it's on purpose. Still, he's shown how he feels elsewhere, given us sympathetic women in the metamorphoses and heroities, strong women with feelings and opinions and actual personalities. I'm hanging on to those. But this, this is wild. And fun to read aloud. Fun to look back on the world 2,000 years ago and see such horribly troubling similarities to our world today. Not much has changed, save for so many of us no longer having to take their shit. So happy Valentine's Day week. Don't give shitty men the time of day. Down with the entire existence of so-called pickup artists. And if a man tells you he listens to Joe Rogan or Jordan Peterson, probably best to leave so fast that all he sees is a blur.
I am Liv and I still love Ovid, even after reading this. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required. Access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com stereo right now. NetSuite.com stereo. NetSuite.com stereo. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected, or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. 